Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Last week, Democrat Senator Maisie Hirono from the Senate floor issued a call to arms, a call for violence against those who'd attacked women with the Hobbs abortion decision. That'd be the Supreme Court she was referring to and any pro-lifer. Turns out it took less than a week for the left to bag their first victim with the bullet she called for. From the Senate floor with no condemnation from either party. Here's Maisie, then I'll tell you what happened next. This is an outright attack on women in this country. That is how I see it. And why? (laughs) Because that's what's happening. Clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms in our country. Less than a week later, the Democrats would bag their first attempted kill. It would come in Michigan when an 83-year-old pro-life volunteer who was going door to door in favor of a pro-life ballot initiative got into a heated argument with a liberal whose door she knocked on. As she walked away, he shot her, just like Maisie told him to. Had Trump issued this call to arms and anyone acted on it, God forbid, the media would have gone wild. The Democrats, wild. The Republicans would have jumped to condemn him. Did the FBI arrest him? Raid his house? Heck no. How about the leftist loon who murdered Kaylor Ellingston, an 18-year-old who made the mistake of questioning his ideology to his face? He was murdered for being a Republican. And after running him over repeatedly with his car... Shannon Brandt, 41, used Joe Biden's exact phraseology. The guy was an extremist. The exact words Joe Biden had used in his red speech a week before. He shrugged his shoulders, complained to the judge. This was hurting his job and his ability to pay his mortgage. He was released on $50,000 bond. You ever been bonded out? You know, you only have to put $5,000 down. Kaylor Ellington was buried this weekend. Did the FBI raid Shannon Brandt's house? Oh, heck no. We don't have to look far to find out what would have happened if, you know, things were reversed. Remember when James Alex Field, back in 2017, Charlottesville, a known white supremacist, he was actually a leftist, but also a white supremacist, so they say he's right-wing, but that's actually not accurate. Anyway, he ran a woman over with his car, who'd been peacefully protesting. How was that treated? Oh, with utter seriousness. It was covered wall to wall by the mainstream media. 
He wasn't given bond, and he shouldn't have been. He was a dangerous murderer. They didn't bond him out. They charged him with first-degree murder. He'll be in prison for the rest of his life, where he belongs, because that's exactly how something like that should be handled. Again, contrast that to what happened in North Dakota. Kaylor Ellingston's killer charged only with vehicular manslaughter. Bonded out on 50K. Bond. No big deal. Bottom line, the Democrats are increasingly urging, egging their supporters on to kill. And they are. Understand, this is a system they're deliberately, systemically creating. The FBI and our federal agencies and the Department of Justice and the Democrat Party. It's one in which the message is being sent to the left that you must kill. You should kill. These people are extremists. They are a threat to democracy. Why, if you could stop the rise of the Nazis, as Hillary Clinton called us this weekend, wouldn't you break any law to do it? That's the message they're sending on the one hand. On the other hand, the message is, well, look the other way if you do it. FBI's not going to touch you. You might have to deal with local authorities for now. But that won't last long either. While assuring the other side that if we so much as touch them, even in self-defense, we will be wrecked by the full force and power of the federal law. It's a system they're creating, basically pushing the dual justice that we have seen where Hunter Biden's crimes are covered up and the FBI works with Facebook to censor anyone who speaks of them and the agents inside the agency trying to investigate Hunter's crimes have them put off limits by agents like Timothy Tebow. But then the opposite of tr- is true of Donald Trump, where the FBI commits crimes, perjury before the courts to falsify evidence or present fraudulent evidence to get warrants to spy on Trump, then leaks the whole thing as if he's committed a crime. In other words, they fake crimes against Trump and raid his home. It's a dual justice system writ large. We've seen it on the national scale, and Trump warned us. I'm the only thing standing in the way between them and you. Well, they don't seem to think he's standing in the way anymore. And they're pushing this down, down, down to the local level. That's what the army of IRS agents is for, the 87,000. Anybody care to take a guess what they're for? Well, the FBI can't raid everybody. There's only 19,000 of them. And they want these people to be on your doorstep, guns drawn, for a bad social media post. So they've decided to go the IRS route. How do you know that's how they're going to use those IRS agents, the 87,000? Easy. Because the head of the IRS just put Nicole Flack in charge of all of them. She was the number two to Lois Lerner, who politically persecuted conservatives and Jews who were pro-Israel. Yep. These people are anti-Semites. Sure sounds like a group that caused a lot of problems in Germany back in the day. I can't remember their names, but their techniques are very similar. So these anti-Semites at the IRS went after conservatives. A judge ruled those conservatives had been persecuted and politically punished for their beliefs. He ordered multi-million dollar payouts. There's no disputing any of this. Lois Lerner quit. But her number two in charge, a woman by the name of Nicole Flack, astoundingly, despite doing this and have a payoff for her political persecution paid with your tax dollars, is not only 
still employed there. Oh, wait for the kicker. When the head of the IRS had to choose somebody, one person from the 74,000 employees of the IRS to head up and staff the new 87,000 strong persecution unit at the IRS, who'd he choose? Nicole Flex. What are the odds? What is this, folks? This is the Democrats sending us a warning in the starkest of terms. You cross us, you criticize us, you somehow slip through the FBI censorship net on social media, we will wreck you. All of this is the Republican leadership sits silently by. Why? Mitch McConnell doesn't like conservatives either. Nope, he, in the absence of Trump, is now the party's leader. And as I've told you many times, the Democrats look to Mitch every time they do something to outrageous to see if he'll even acknowledge it. He didn't condemn Maisie Hirono. He's refused to condemn the raid on Trump's mar a lago only saying he had questions about it after he was asked for a third time. The first two, he refused to say anything. But Mitch is busy trying to defeat conservatives who often criticize him. So when the FBI does it for him, well, it's win-win. What has Mitch been doing in recent weeks? Spending $4 million bucks we should spend in tight Senate rates, races instead in a GOP primary in New Hampshire. I did a podcast on it last week trying to defeat a guy by the name of Don Bulldog. Trump didn't endorse him, but he says he's a Trump-like candidate. That was enough for Mitch to blow $4 million, trying to take him out. When Bulldog barely won anyway, Mitch refused to acknowledge it or to endorse him or to fund him. The RNC so far has been AWOL. This is why we're being persecuted. And this is why 30 agents with guns drawn ended up on the front porch of Mark Huck's house over the weekend. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In Pennsylvania. Over a year ago, Hawk, a Catholic father of seven and regular pro-life protester outside of a Planned Parenthood in the Philadelphia area, had brought his 12-year-old son with him to protest as he had on other occasions. There was a deranged liberal pro-choice protester who continued to violate his son's space and get in his face so close, the spittle from his screaming would hit him on the cheek as he said profane things to his son. Well, Mark had asked the guy to stop multiple times. And when the guy refused, he finally shoved him away from his son. Probably not something you should do. But the FBI, as part of the creation of this system I'm describing, wanted to send a message. We cannot ever lay so much as a finger on one of them while they terrorize and kill us with no FBI response. And yes, that includes when they do it in an organized way as a terror group. I'll get into that in a minute. Suffice it to say, the liberal protester was mad. He went to the DA's office and tried to get charges leveled against Mark Huck, but the DA declined. That's how spurious a case this is. So he sued him in civil court. That was thrown out. That's how not big a deal this was, which is what makes it so shocking. And I think that's why the FBI picked this case. That 30, count them, 30 agents, guns drawn, 
descended in a pre-dawn raid on Mark Hawk's house, even pointing the guns at the terrified children. All for what, if the Philly DA had pursued it, would have been a misdemeanor assault charge. Not something that typically carries a prison sentence, although now he's facing an 11-year federal term. Former Assistant FBI Director Chris Schwecker, who I know personally from when I reported in Charlotte and he was the head of the agency there, is a pretty unflappable guy. He almost always defends the FBI, or at least doesn't criticize them. But for him, even this was too much this morning. Sure, the FBI has argued they didn't use the SWAT team, but does it really matter? This was a SWAT-style raid. Weapons drawn, 30 agents, even Swecker couldn't swallow it. I cannot see circumstances here that in any way justify the use of a SWAT team for what would ordinarily be a misdemeanor assault if what is alleged in the warrant is true. So a dawn raid, guns drawn, that is reserved for gang members, for people who are armed and dangerous. I, I, again, I read the warrant. I don't see any facts and circumstances that justify that. But if you zoom out and you look at you know, this alleged politiza- politization of the FBI, I would simply say this. I am hearing from people. My phone has exploded. Former FBI executives, police chiefs, heads of state agencies who in the past have been big supporters of the FBI who are fairly disgusted with what just happened. For Swecker, again, he was the assistant director of the FBI. That's a big deal. An even bigger deal, the horrified reactions of Todd Pyro and Carly Shimkus this morning. They're pretty milquetoast Fox News morning hosts. But the fear and horror in their voices over this tells you everything you need to know about what we're really facing in this country. And every conservative should hear that and and I don't want to say get freaked out, but realize that there is something afoot here and you need to be very careful because they could potentially be going after you next. I don't mean to be hyperbolic, but that could be the case. Keep in mind, in this case, Houck's wife said they were sued in civil court where the burden of proof is so much lower, and yet that was tossed out. City police, DA, all declining to press charges, yet the FBI coming at them. So this case was apparently thrown out in uh, the District Court of Philadelphia, but then somehow uh, the DOJ found out about it and is now moving forward. You know, arrest of this guy is now facing 11 years in prison. Okay, now you ready for the punchline? Here it is. Back in May, the terrorist group, Jane's Revenge, threatened pregnancy crisis centers. The left is obsessed with the idea that you should get an abortion and not have your baby or offer it up for adoption. Bizarre, but it's the left. So Jane's Revenge issued a warning. They would begin terrorizing these centers if they didn't shut down. Since then, over 60 have been firebombed. And Jane's Revenge, they've taken credit for several dozen. How many FBI raids have been sponsored against Jane's Revenge? That'd be zero. Now, here's the incredible part. In June, they issued an updated threat that these pregnancy crisis centers all over the country had 30 days to close or they'd go beyond the firebombing they had already taken credit for. They would begin to physically harm and kill people who worked there, 
in a bid to make them uninsurable, right? If they're, these people are dying or getting seriously injured, it was believed by Jane's Revenge, as they wrote on Twitter and their website. It was believed by Jane's Revenge that the insurance companies would insure them and then they couldn't operate. Again, how many FBI raids? Zero. In fact, in an article called Zero Arrest, in at least 17 Jane's Revenge attacks on pro-life organizations, Fox News pointed out, again, this is September 22nd, the FBI has done absolutely jack about this terror group. Now, back in June, the members of Congress, Republicans demanded the FBI declare them a terror group and investigate them. The FBI has claimed that it is. But here's the thing. The firebombings haven't stopped. There have been people arrested for some of them in some cities, but the FBI has shown no interest. In other words, this is an active terror group that continues to commit crimes that the FBI then doesn't investigate. They're in an active state of terror because of the threats on the lives of those who work at these centers. In other words, their headquarters need to be raided and the FBI won't touch them. Even as they continue issuing threats and taking credit for defacing, bombing, and burning pregnancy centers. It's outrageous. And Republicans have a chance to stop it. Because guess what? On Friday, the federal government goes broke. That means even though Republicans right now are in the minority in the House, their votes, as the New York Post pointed out this morning, are needed to keep the federal government running and a stopgap budget put in place. Stephen Miller, Trump advisor, suggested they do two things. Demand the border be closed, demand more border agents are hired, and then, here's the smart part, set up this continuing resolution to end February 1st. That way, they take the House in the midterms and they can begin defunding the DOJ, the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, cutting that army. They'll have the option of cutting the army of 87,000 IRS agents, or they could just throw their votes away and hand the Democrats a resolution that stretches past February when they'll take office, hopefully in the majority in the House. That way they can complain and whine about what the Democrats are doing, figuring you'll never figure out they funded it. Which route will they take? The New York Post is pushing for the obvious one. But so far, Mitch McConnell, leader of the Republicans, is refusing to go along. He wants to give the Democrats whatever they want and not rein them in at all. And that is how their boot is going to end up at your door in the middle of the night. But in good news, the House leader, Kevin McCarthy, has at least said he'll consider it. Let's see what they do. With Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.